Welcome back to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Marvel's What If. I know how to deal with this party pooper. Viva Las Vegas! Welcome to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and I'm be your guide through these alternate realities in this watch club for what if episode nine the season one finale titled what if the watcher broke his oath if you're joining us for the first time this is watch club our weekly review series kind of like a book club but way better keep in mind we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the mcu in general so if you haven't watched this week's episode you have to wonder what if you did that and then came right back to join us for some interdimensional conversation. Now, before we all go away to fight Ultron as a interdimensional team of cosmic heroes, let me introduce you to the lovely hosts joining us today. First up, he's the Watcher, Justin. I'll do you one better. Why Gamora? <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But what if he was slightly louder and had watched so much more? He'd be... The Watcher Watcher, Kevin Hudson. What if Gamora, what if Gamora? Does that work? (laughs) (laughs) And sure, he's the Watcher Watcher, Kevin Hudson. But what if he was slightly shorter, much higher, and had watched even more through the power of reading, he'd be the Reader Watcher slash birthday boy, Darcy Hudson. Yeah, watching stuff I'm reading sounds weird. I mean, you do. You technically are, if you think yeah. about it. You're watching never, what yeah. you're reading. Yeah. How are you guys doing after this uh, this epic finale? I, I enjoyed it. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Doing good. Yeah. yeah. What a what a what a fun culmination of of the last ten weeks or so. Nine weeks. I think so, right? Yeah. It's crazy to think that it, yeah, nine episodes. We finally made it. Uh, I think this was a pretty excellent first season of this show. Uh, so I'm stoked to get into it. But before we do, let's go over uh, the intro. You have been chosen for a mission that is both highly dangerous and absolutely necessary for the continuation of life as you know it. At first, I scoured eternity for one true hero. Then I saw the bigger picture. This mission requires a team, the perfect combination of skills and experience that alone will triumph. You aren't just our best hope to save one universe. You are my last hope to save all of them. You are the Guardians of the multiverse. Oh, when that happened, when he said Guardians of the multiverse, did you lose it? I got excited. I'm just like, I, I'm glad to know the name for the team. I like the team already, so just the name right? fits it very on the on the nose. So so dope. But you're right. Yeah. It it really was that moment that cemented like, okay, we've just been on this ride for eight episodes, and now here we go. You know, it was a great sort of pump you up moment to sort of get you going for the episode i thought it was so good let's talk about the episode itself uh maybe go over some of our like overall thoughts just kind of high level um kevin i'll, I'll let you kick it off this uh this finale uh, i think it did a, a, a really solid job of of wrapping things up fairly nicely i mean maybe a little too conveniently but we'll obviously mm. break down specifics as we go along here but 
No, I, I really came around last week when I finally got what they were trying to do with the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little unsure, and I was very skeptical as uh, that that was what they were actually going to do, was bring all these together, especially this soon. Um, but after last week's episode, I was fully on board for it, and I thought this was a nice sort of second part conclusion to that bigger conclusion that we've gotten. And I thought, yeah, overall... It was a great way to wrap up those episodes and tie them all together. It just it felt natural. They did such a good job in such a short amount of time of making it fit together naturally. I would agree with you. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you that I think most of it uh, felt natural. Um, but again, we'll we'll get into that. Justin, your overall thoughts, my friend. Um, I'm a bit confused by this episode. Like, I, I really don't <laughs> know. Um, there's parts that I like. There's parts that I really didn't like. Um, oh yeah. I think it it felt overly rushed and not nearly as focused as as other past episodes have. Uh, mm. It was surrounded by some really cool action sequences and some uh, you know some funny quips. But at the end of it, it left me a little bit whelmed and uh, had me rethinking if we really needed uh, a team up as a season finale. Uh, Ooh, it just wow. kind of made me really uh, sort of question the purpose of it, other than just it being just a wow ending. Mm. And, you know, it just kind of fell short for me. Okay. Cool. Darcy? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, like Kevin said, like when you put it together with the last episode, it's yeah. a really nice two-part finale. And it also felt like I got very strong endgame vibes. With the last episode being like the Infinity War, it's a very one-two punch finale. And it felt really, like, I, like Kevin said, a lot of things felt right. And I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And I mean, I do understand where Justin's coming from. It did seem to go a bit fast. But at the same point, I don't need to see a whole episode of, of them you know, forging the bonds, they're going to fight together. I want to see them fight together. Sure. I'm, I'm happy right. that they got to that point pretty quickly because that, that was probably some of the coolest scenes in the whole show was just that fight, the whole 15 minute fight almost. I loved it all. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it, it as a second punch from, from last week's episode, I think the plot does move nice and quick. Uh, and I actually thought for this episode, the humor landed with me a lot more than in, in some previous episodes, especially with Party Thor, who I actually thought worked so much better in an ensemble cast mm-hmm. yes. than on his own. Um, I did think, though, you know, to Justin's point, I thought that some of the twists and turns, especially near the end, felt really underbaked and kind of just like, did that, did that, did that, was that necessary? Did that need to happen? Yeah, um, which will, a whole lot of that. Right, which we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into. But I think the way that they sort of landed the ship, I think, was was good. I think they actually managed to 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 get that done. And I think, you know, even though we didn't get any clear indication of how this would play into the MCU overall necessarily, I, I think the that. series was meant to to hammer home, uh, no pun intended, the concept of the multiverse to more general audiences. Right before Spider Man and, and Doctor the, the Doctor Strange movies, exactly that that's what this show really is. It's a primer. Right. It's it's not meant for every single MCU fan to sort of ha- be necessary viewing in terms of storyline or plot elements. This is more right. just conditioning us to getting used to seeing alternative versions of characters or alternative timelines, that sort of thing. And and in that regard, I think it really succeeded. My only concern now is. If the MCU moves forward doing this, will the show have the same kind of impact on a season two if we've right. already now seen it live action at that point? Right. You you would think they'd have to do something really, really different, which I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that. Um, but I'm actually going to save that all the way to the tail end of, of this Watch Club. Um, first, I'd, I'd love to kind of go over. I know, you know, for some of us feel, not feeling as hot on the episode, that's cool. But I, ne- I definitely know there were some amazing moments in the episode. I want to know. Just shout them out. What was one of your favorite moments 
in the this uh, finale. I loved the 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 shield to shield combat oh, that yes. with uh, uh, Black Widow and and uh, Captain Carter. I thought that was amazing, and especially as they get to that climax of like the the, the helmet reveal with with the arrow in the eye. I thought all of it was really good. It was well choreographed, and like that's where this episode really shines for me is is its sort of ability to choreograph action sequences so well in an animated space it, it did it so so well um i also uh, really liked uh mjolnir's hammer the the multiplied mjolnir oh that was just so cool was just surrounding yeah. him in a, as a yeah. ball i thought that was great yeah uh, yeah i mean i seeing that the hammer multiplied definitely goes to show like if dr strange and thor teamed up uh going forward they could definitely be a force to reckon with just you know even on the regular doctors dr strange uh Overall, that again, that whole fight scene just made me think of Endgame when they're when they're fight like teaming up on Thanos for the final, yeah. like the three of them punching Go, back and forth, it, the quick camera movements and spinning around, yeah. and like every time he turned, he was getting hit in the face by something. That whole fast paced uh, fight little clip there was awesome. That was definitely highlight of the episode for me. Yeah, man, and I I, I did think it was a pretty dope way of using zombies as well. I thought the way that, that Doctor Strange brought in the zombies just to pile on top, um, and then we got to that reveal of of uh, seeing uh, Scarlet Witch zombified, um, even though she didn't really do anything <laughs> that well. well she has but... the power of one stone. He had all six, so I, I guess mean, that's or five fair. at that point. I guess that's so. Fair. I mean, I understand why he was so much stronger than her. Yeah. And I think another thing uh, outside of obviously the incredible action was the writing that you mentioned earlier, Nate. I just the banter was so much better. The lines mm-hmm. of dialogue were so much better. The relationships just like or the the conversations even just flowed naturally, and it felt like these were characters we'd spent five years growing up with through five different movies, and then all of a sudden coming together for that first Avengers movie. It really did have that same sort of feeling to it. And so, shout out for. I think that's really tough to only have a few minutes with these characters, but to make it feel like there was so much more going on there. It was just, yeah, I just felt a connection to the characters that is pretty tough to do when you've only seen them for 30 minutes or so. And it was cool to see those small moments of them recognizing that, yes, they know each other, but that there are those differences, right? Like we see how how Killmonger, like Eric responds to his cousin saying that like he's stolen from you know from from uh, or he's stolen before or something like that right like we see Natasha and Peggy sort of have this somewhat type of relationship but they know that it's it's it they're they're from a different universe like it was it was cool to see those sort of little small moments that the characters were able to sort of recognize I feel like I feel like that's like more credit given to this episode than it deserves for that. I don't think I was as connected with the characters towards the end here. I just feel like they were all just kind of plucked and placed and they served their purpose to, you know, close out this season with a Avengers Endgame relived moment. Right. It, it, that's 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 pretty much it I, to say that, you know, we, we did get only half an hour with this group of characters, uh, but to compare it to like, you know, five movies or or you know of avengers movies and and say that 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 that's the same I, I just don't i didn't see that i feel like it that that's what's lacking from from it i just think that outside of specific character interactions or anything given the format of the show being that it is just weekly episodic obviously you're not going to get that that same connection and that same attachment to the characters that you would over several two-hour movies and whatnot but i just think for the condensed time that they had and I think for what they were trying to achieve with this first season, it was literally a miniature version of watching 
that whole Endgame saga play out in a small little cartoon, different version of it. And now I think they can completely separate themselves from anything established in the MCU going forward. They can completely change the storylines and, and take them out into crazy different places. We've wrapped up the familiar now under a different sort of veil, and now we can go completely buck in the second season. Yeah, I think if we're looking at how this episode almost in a, to a certain degree really does follow the structure of episode one in the sense that, yes, it, it again, to your point, Kevin, familiar, right? Where maybe it doesn't do exactly the storyline, um, but again, it is very much endgame. I, Justin, I will agree with you that Eric was probably... Uh, Killmonger specifically is one of the, the most disappointing aspects uh, to this episode in that he basically disappears uh, for the but, entire episode until yeah, he, until that ending, right? He conveyed more with his intentions with not saying anything mm-hmm. versus actually saying anything on screen. You know, the way he's interacting with the Ultron helmet, you know, like you knew he was plotting. Sure. After but, already knowing what that character but was. To, but, did, to the so. point of, but to the point that you were making of interaction, I get where you're coming from because he didn't, he just kind of fell into But the, I think that was back. his whole plan. He hid yeah. in the shadows. When they were forming the plan, he's like, I'll be in that second phase where we'll meet everyone. I'll let you do all the dirty work, the grunt work, the hard work, and I'll reap the benefits once you've taken him down. Like That's him again showing that brilliance that he had in that previous episode in order to take over Wakanda, that strategic planning. Again, going back to Endgame and Infinity War in particular, when Doctor Strange sees all those outcomes and only one thing works, this is a very much the same thing. Like The only way for the Watcher to get what he needed to happen was for this like this group of heroes to have Killmonger betray them and everything like that. Like Everything had to happen the way it was. So that makes sense. And I also understand why they did this episode when they did, because it was a clear and present threat to the Watcher. He wouldn't go off and spend a whole other season watching something else waiting for to resolve this this was the whole season was him fi- realizing this was coming in a sense and trying to find this this team to put together yeah and i you know speaking of sort of the structure of the series that actually brings us to our next question from timothy in barry ontario who asks wait 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 where did gamora come from am i missing something yeah, I, I think this confirms that this was the missed episode that mm-hmm. we never got. So this would have probably been somewhere in the latter half of the season leading to this finale where we would have seen that. But uh, yeah, it's it's I, I think this is one of the, the clearest indications of, of how rushed and how, how sort of poorly managed the story was by not even just introducing that character ahead of time. I, I, but I mean, I because of COVID, be they purpose. weren't able to do it. And I don't, I, I didn't feel cheated or like the episode suffered. I was like, That's okay, so this, funny. because so we'd funny. seen eight other what if scenarios, we can just go, okay. So in hers, she kills Thanos apparently yeah. with this stone crushing machine. And, and now she's here. Like, I don't even need that backstory necessarily. It would be nice to have it. I, it would have been great to yeah. have it, but it, it would have been cleaner. It would have been cleaner too. Sure. Cause you already have all this backstory of all these other people. And now you just, Oh, here's Gamora. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Like I a hundred percent agree that COVID was probably the reason why something had happened and delayed. But what was that? Like, we already know that the voice actress wasn't, uh, you know, unless they were intending on, on getting Zoe Zaldana for, for Gamora, maybe something happened there and they decided to, to scrap it. But I, I'm wondering what, what would have happened. Maybe it's just, they didn't get the animations done or something. Well, I feel like there's two stories there, considering she was with a Sakari and Stark. Like, I'm not sure if you guys ever saw the Lego set that was released for What If, yeah. but there was a was Sakari yeah. and Stark, Tony Stark armor. So yeah. I'm just wondering if that was also, a, was that the ninth story? And then Gamora that is, appearance yeah, in his story. And Who I mean, was the so, story following in that? Yeah. It was following both of them. Well, yeah, it was following like, both of them. 
there's the, the who, what change happened? Was it the change that Tony got sent to Sakaar, or was it that Gamora was sent to Sakaar? Like, it's I feel the like... rocket at, in Avengers. He yes. sends the rocket up, and then instead of falling back into Earth's portal, he falls into a portal that takes him to Sakaar. Yeah. I, I, I understand. Cool. I, I, I get, that makes sense. But why are you saying it like it's a, a, like a set in stone thing? Was it like a, did you read a script or something like that? Like you're saying? Well, there was there was a lot of rumors that were had had were online about how that was going to come about. How he found himself basically as the uh, the Hulk. Because people had different theories about these different episodes before they aired, and a yeah. lot of them did come true. So. You know, if, if there's any rumblings about that, that makes the most sense. And we did yeah. see clips of, I believe, portions of Gamora in that episode in one of the trailers. I also, um, you know, I want to shout out that Lego set as well. It's the only one that comes with Uatu as a minifig. Uh, and so to see him as a minifig there kind of makes me feel like that episode at least would have been near the later half of yep. this season because 100%. obviously he's sort of... Uh, involving himself more and more. So I think that, at, at least from a Lego story perspective, makes a little sense. Another reason why it was removed for co- due to COVID reasons was because the story would make more sense as a season two, where he is intervening more now that he's already broken his oath. Like I'm wondering if that is now the thought line that they were going with when they had to chop one of these episodes off the list. I mean, if they find a way to um, alter the the storyline based off of what we've seen in Lego sets based off of you know maybe still keeping the Sakari and Stark and what have you then yes I could see them fitting that into a season two but honestly I kind of feel like if it's if it ends up being like uh the lost episode that maybe we get somewhere down the line that fits within season one I'm fine with that too um I want to speak about or I want us to talk about the the aspect of the the betrayal uh, from Killmonger again, kind of finding a way to make the ending different from Endgame. Uh, what did you guys think of this twist? Was it a little too obvious for you? Did it feel rushed? Uh, what did you think about the the Killmonger betrayal at the end? All of the above. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I, I do think the weakest part of the episode is how easily the threat, no matter who was possessing it, be it mm-hmm. Killmonger, be it. Um, Zoloff, is it? Um, or be it um, Ultron, you know, Ultron. whoever had it was pretty easily managed by the end of the episode. Yeah. And again, I think the main thing that they, was, was the takeaway there was the fact that they had to be outside. Like the, the only time he could isolate them was when they were being wielded by someone. Someone like took yeah. that snapshot in time and froze it in it for eternity type thing. So I feel like that lead up, the lead up to that was really cool. Again, I do understand that. I mean, the, the Hillmonger betrayal did seem kind of rushed. Uh, but someone had to betray them, and he was the only character that we've seen. Oh, so it was far obvious too. That has yeah. that story to him, so I understand why they did that route. I was really, really excited to see a more comic a- or the most comic accurate Zola so far. And I also um, wonder, like, I don't know if if the idea there was that uh, Killmonger was the biggest threat based on that betrayal. I think that was just an opportunity that Doctor Strange takes advantage of because now he's got essentially an eternity to figure out how he's going to get those stones. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, so I think that's the bigger takeaway from that. Right. That's, a, that's enjoying. I, I really thought it was interesting the fact that he called Uatu a friend. Like, he, he, I feel like that almost leads to, like, in the way that they were kind of almost overseeing the whole thing, how yeah. how long has Supreme Strange been working with the Watcher on this? Like, was right. it a, a, like just after the last episode we, this happens, or has there been some time? Because clearly, time does not mean a thing to the Watcher in his universe. So, how long has Doctor Strange or Stephen Strange been speaking with him to I mean, call him a friend so casually? There. Yeah, I. It would be interesting to see if they 
how they move forward with Doctor Strange uh, into a season two and, and how that sort of changes him. But um, yeah, I, I think that ending, it didn't, I don't think it hit as, as hard as maybe they wanted it to. I think it did play to what the character of Killmonger in this series yes. was power going hungry. for, right? Yeah. That power hungry idea of like, yeah. you can have what you want and you can have what you want and I yeah. can have yeah. what yeah. I want. Um, and so I, I, I get that, but I just felt like it, it just sort of, felt it's like obvious. it just happened well it was obvious but it also felt like it just it was happened. preventable like why sure. why was he on the team in the first place like watcher you saw what he did why would because you want he that? needed it it was the one in 14 million chances like you got I like guess. i mean you're okay maybe with maybe he needed him because down. he knew that that was going to be the outcome yeah. I, I could i could agree with darcy on that he yeah. needed he needed killmonger because he knew yeah. he was going to do a play for the Infinity Stones, and the only way that he was going to be able to lock them in that pocket portal time was with that betrayal is, is one with that betrayal happening, right? Like mm. I, I see, I see how how and why that that's there. You've you've done a good job, Darcy, of of connecting those dots. I think the episode could have done a better job, but well, the <laughs> way I connected the dots immediately was the fact that it was Strange making that realization, the one that we saw in Infinity War, do the calculations and find that one way out, even though it seems like they lost in doing so. So right. the fact that the but guy, isn't it the watcher that puts them in in that uh, yes, but it's strange yeah. who uh, he's strange who starts locking them and freezing them in. So this is what we need to do. It's my job because it's the same thing that he's trapped in in his own universe. So right. he recreates he's that bubble. To, yeah, yeah, he's knows how to sense. isolate universes now. Like you said, it's a hmm. pocket dimension, and he's essentially in his hands. Well, that's, that's frozen that's in essentially going to be coming back. Yes, yeah, so in some form or another. Well, <laughs> and the watchers obviously going to be keeping an eye on on Strange. So I feel like we'll, we will see him again in some way, shape, or form. He's almost like a Watcher Jr. now. Well, I mean, that kind of brings me to, uh, before we kind of talk about the where we think season two is, let's talk about the ending of this episode. What did you think of where everyone ended up? Did, did you think that they were going to use, you know, where Natasha ended up as a way to bring her back, even for a second? I know, obviously, that's not the case because Loki was there and, and you know, she killed Loki or whatever. But, but even for a split, second did you get that feeling that maybe this was how this series was going to connect to the mcu no no No? i don't think that the intent of this show is to be overtly directed to the mcu i mean to be inspired and and we know that there's things that might peek its way over but i don't know if the intent is for the show to necessarily like have that much of a direct uh impact but with with what you're saying in regards to just like where everyone ended up I think we all assumed. I, I think, based on our the guidance of our own watcher Darcy, he he let us know that more than likely they were just going to be going back to their to their universe, uh, where they came from, their timeline. And what's interesting here is that at least you know, and and this kind of played out as a theme throughout the episode. But we got closure to all of those little what if moments that happened throughout the season already, and we got to see what a for the moment a cap cap you know uh avengers team up would look like uh with nick fury uh apparently being very accepting of the fact that you're not my natasha but you have her spirit so right uh, i it, thought that was totally <laughs> yeah it, it see you said it it was wonderful it wrapped up all of those stories from this first season quickly easily and with a nice little bow and i think yeah, I'm happy with where all those characters are, and I don't ever need to see them again, quite frankly. I think they're now off to do their own adventure, and if there's a bigger, badder threat in Season 2, let's see bigger, crazier versions of different characters in Season 2 that'll then have to come together to stop something from happening, with maybe Doctor Strange coming back, being in possession of such a powerful little cube. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. It was a great way to wrap up this stuff. And if if there are stories to be told with, <clears throat> excuse me, with these characters again, they'll probably be done in like a comic form. You know, they always release what if series frequently because fans are always clamoring for more of that stuff. So now that they have this a wealth of you know character growth and already like that, what's to say they can't do a little five issue mini series on what you know Cap uh, Cap Carter reuniting with uh, Steve and the Hydra Stomper or you know the other universes? I can. That's how I do, I'd want to explore those stories, and I, I'm all on board for new new characters, bigger stories in season two. I did think it was nice to see uh, Uatu, you know, break his oath, obviously to save the multiverse, but also in these sort of small little ways where he was able to give Natasha the life that she sort of wanted lost. back again, right? That she had lost, and uh, I thought that was really nice. I, I again, obviously, we know now that she is not our Natasha in the MCU back again. But it, for a split second, I was just like, oh, I don't know why. Wait, what? Because, <laughs> dude, I, mean, I would be bonkers that be? if they just, like, had her jump through a portal and then all of a sudden it's live action. Right. You know, with Scarlet in the scene, right? Like, <laughs> I would be into it. I'd be into it. But uh, obviously that didn't happen. Uh, but we, what did happen is we did get our first end credit scene. Uh, with uh, that universe's Natasha showing up uh, with Captain Carter and showing Captain Carter the Hydra Stomper saying there's someone inside. So two questions. Obviously, I mean, I think we know who it is, but who do you think it is? And uh, how do you think this came to be? I don't think it's I don't think it's Steve Rogers. Really? Is that too obvious? I mean, that's oh, certainly it's just, certainly the obvious. It, it is the very obvious answer. And then, yeah. my only question would be: when she came back, when when Captain Carter came back through the portal, Fury did very much make it seem like Steve was gone. And so maybe it's a case of they didn't know that he was simply frozen or locked in time somewhere in that suit. But otherwise, hmm. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's her, you know, Bucky. He, on a mission trying to get her back or whatever, he fell into an ice floor or was lost or taken by something or whatever. Mm, like interesting. I, I mean, I like anything can happen in the comics, and this is just an extension of that. So, like, if they right, because it, it was pirates that was looking that were looking for him, right? So it kind of makes sense that they would fish him up or something like that. I like that. I, I I do think for me, I actually just saw it as it was a gift from the Watcher. You know what I mean? It was a nice little yeah. uh, like moment just to say like the Watcher was like, listen. I hear you, Peggy. I'm sorry I can't send you back to be with Steve, but he does like you know I'll throw I'll I'll send a Steve your way, and and so maybe it just showed up randomly because, because uh, and these pirates that, had it. Would that really be breaking any rules if you took a character right before they were going to die in one timeline? And mm -hmm. then just pluck them later into that timeline. So you're not changing any of the history in between those two events. You're mm. just sort of propelling it forward in a different direction. I wonder if that is breaking any of his interference rules. It seems like it. <laughs> uh, so I, I got to get a different take from it. Considering he was so willing to give uh, Black Widow a new home, you know, still no Hawkeye there. feel bad for her when she finds that out, but... Moving past that, uh, the fact yeah. that he was so adamant against taking Peggy to a new universe, he was like, no, that one needs a Captain Carter. I feel like it's almost because he knew that Steve was there somewhere. Like Maybe he didn't put him there, but he knew that he was lost at some point in the past. And, hmm. you know, knowing comics, the, he'll surface again eventually type thing. So I'm wondering if that was his intention in that uh, that moment. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think that's, uh, you know what, that's a great segue into... Uh, getting your overall thoughts and final score for this episode, which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five encapsulated 
Ultrons. Uh, and then at the end of that, if you also want to give your final What If Season 1 rating, uh, which we're going to be rating on a scale of 1 to 5 watchers. Uh, so, Kevin, we'll start with yourself. Uh, while I don't think it, it quite landed or had that sort of same big feel as the previous episode, I think that really was the highlight, the peak of the series. I think this right. episode, for me at least, did a nice job of wrapping up these stories that we had been following. I think they had so much on their plate. They were, you know, wrapping up eight separate storylines into one sort of, you know, uh, cohesive little bow. And I think for that, they did a tremendous job with it. I think the episode was full of tremendous action, maybe some of the best dialogue we've seen in the whole show. And mm -hmm. I just think it really highlighted this phase. This felt like phase one of what if. And, sure. you know, it made me excited to see a phase two. And I think that's a testament to the, the producers and everything. If anything, this episode highlighted that Morgamora might not have been a good thing because that was some of the worst voice acting I think we've had in the show. And so a full episode, uh, I don't know if I would have loved that so much. But <laughs> sure. um, anyways, uh, yeah, the, the episode uh, did what I wanted it to do. And I think in terms of a microcosm of wrapping up this whole story, it did a really good job. So I'm going to give it 4.7 out of 5 encapsulated wow. Ultrons. All right. And then again, expanding on that, because this was really just a, a microcosm of this, the bigger microcosm that the show was. It really did feel <laughs> like they were just showing us a cartoon version of the MCU, the first four phases in an alternate universe. Yeah. And I think in terms of conditioning us to get ready to see multiverses and different timelines and characters that we might not be as familiar with, or at least different versions of those characters, I think this show is a perfect primer. And I think that's all... It, was ever intended to be. I don't think they ever wanted it to feel like it was part of that MCU. It was an extension of that. And I've said so many times, oh, I don't want it to feel too much like an animated show. I don't want it to feel too much like an animated show. And yet, by the end of it, I was like, they were able to do things in this episode and the whole series that only could be done in an animated format. And it, sure. and it yeah. was fun and enjoyable. And you know, I accepted it as being separate from what we're, you know, accustomed to with the movies and everything. But, you know, seeing a, a Doctor Strange dragon and then the giant squid monster. I mean, I'm not sure how well that would translate if our live action Benedict Cumberbatch is turning into a dragon <laughs> or a giant squid monster. I mean, maybe right? we'll see one day. Maybe we'll see. But, but, I, I, but I just yeah. think that this lent itself to be able to do that sort of stuff. It's done such a good job that it's opened me up to I would watch other animated series if it were done with this level of commitment to characters and, and production and everything like that. So overall, they got, them. They, yeah, they got me. They got me. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, oh, I mean, there were some dips. There were some episodes that didn't really yeah. work, maybe even felt like filler. But overall, I think there were more episodes that I really enjoyed than that I didn't. And I didn't not enjoy any episode in particular. So overall, mm -hmm. a solid run from start to finish. I will give this 4.3 out of 5 uh, w watchers. Nice. All right. Okay. Justin, what do you have to, uh, to add to that, my friend? Um, well, yeah, I, I think it goes without saying, I think this episode was a huge miss. Uh, it didn't really shine and it felt rather rushed. Um, it didn't have a focused story like past episodes have had. And I think this, that that could be said about the last three episodes, uh, right up to party Thor. Yeah. But in the end, it left me feeling like this episode was a little incoherent, uh, a little rushed, and it lacked a lot of personality that, that was showcased at, at the earlier episodes of, of this, uh, series. Um, I think it was a huge mistake 
to cut the Gamora Tony episode in the context of this episode. Um, I understand things probably prevented that, but I just think that it only highlights how disjointed this episode feels without really having an understanding or a background to her character. However, the the real plus for me and this this whole thing were the was the action and seeing the team ups. Uh, that was great. Uh, you know, like many of the episodes we've seen, the action is very cinematic, visually stunning. I love the shield to shield combat. Like I said, um, you know, the zombies falling from the sky was was epic. Um, 100% that that saved the score uh, for me. But I, I just think this episode could have benefited to be a little bit longer, giving a little bit more breathing room between moments and focus on characters and maybe leaving me wondering more about what's next. Uh, I didn't like that many of the cliffhangers that they, which seemed like another layer of what if to every episode, felt like they needed to be resolved in this episode. I, I don't think that that was the case. I think the idea was to just plant the seed and, and introduce the question. I didn't need to see that closure for that story. But with all that, I, I'm going to say that this episode, I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 5 encapsulated Ultrons. But apart from that episode, um, I got to say, I enjoyed this series overall. It had its ups and downs, as I've already sort of explicitly said. Um, but the series does a really good job at, you know, as Kevin said, kind of just setting up alternate takes to the stories and characters that we know and love from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not enough can be said about the attention to detail in every episode that perfectly captures the moments from the MCU, which they are mirroring as a reminder, as fans of, of what we know and what we're familiar with. The animation style was fantastic, like very graphic and bold with, with really next level 3D styles. And with that came a, a serious attention to, to action and that sort of spectacle and a score by, by Laura Cartman that just felt very inspired by the MCU while also adding something new. Everything about this series feels reminiscent of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, and AC Bradley and, and Brian Andrews they did an unbelievable job of bringing this series to life. But apart from those positives, I think the only negative I, I would say is some of the performances and voices that that they were able to get back for this role. Again, I understand COVID, but I think we've also heard of a lot of people who were able to lend their voice in full acting roles and made it work from home. And I would have loved to have seen, you know, Chris Evans come back, Zoe Zeldania and James Spader, as I had mentioned before. I think those I would have appreciated those characters more than Kurt Russell. So I just wish they had really swung swung for the fences to really kind of get all of those uh, those characters. But for Marvel's first crack at animation, I think they nailed it. They were able to reimagine iconic moments and also bring in new stories from the comics and add the MCU flair to those new stories. Uh, they found a balance between the past and what's new. Uh, I don't think it ended strong, but personally, uh, I, I do. I am excited for future stories of what if, and who knows, seeing even some new MCU stories that we've currently gotten uh, reimagined in what if. So uh, for that, I'm gonna give this series a four out of five watchers. Darcy, do you have anything else to uh, to add to that? <clears throat> well, I'm definitely leaning more Kevin's way on, uh, on this episode. Definitely enjoyed it. Thought it was a really good follow-up to last week's episode. Uh, I like the fact that we got some closure on some of those stories. Uh, we, we, like I said, I want to see new stories going forward. So just getting that closure on what would, could have happened is very satisfying to me because now I can put that story out of my mind and at least it's wrapped up as far as I'm aware. Uh, in terms of the whole story, again, I liked 
the fact that this this again felt like a what if except the watcher was the main character he wasn't narrating himself because he was taking part in this episode to a very much like much larger degree he can't narrate what's happening right now i mean no one does that it's kind of weird uh (laughs) so i i really enjoyed it uh again uh the killmonger thing did seem kind of flat to me but the more irksome detail was the fact that we didn't get any uh story behind uh uh, Sakari and Stark and uh, Gamora there. That was, again, we're, I, w- the one point I'm agreeing with Justin with on this episode is the fact that I do want more and feel like that uh, this episode is suffering because we don't have that backstory. Uh, so, uh, again, with the action bringing that up, uh, being bringing back into the fold and stuff like that, this episode's probably up there one of my favorites. I'm going to give it uh, 4.5 out of 5 encapsulated Ultrons. Uh, so going into the season, though, I mean, I've, I already talked about how I liked so much of this. Like a lot of five out of five episodes for me. It's done a lot of the comic stories really, really well and bring them to the, to the screen in some format. So I, I really enjoyed a lot of it. Uh, like start to finish, I was invested in the series with the exception of, of the, the Party Thor episode kind of killing that momentum. But I, again, I now like Party Thor more than that episode because of what I've seen in the last one. So again, they even bring justice to their bad episodes, it seems. So I really enjoy, appreciate that aspect. Uh, I'm going to have to go and uh, give this season a 4.8 out of 5 Ultrons, or sorry, Watchers. Jeez, wrong character there. Uh, <laughs> I just, it, it was really, really well done. Again, without, with the exception of those stinkers, it was uh, like a slam, like a, sorry, with the exception of those stinkers, it was a, uh, like a huge success in my book. So I'm, I'm definitely excited for more stories in what season two has to bring. And with uh, the multiverse, you know, being blown open with the Fantastic Four and X-Men around the corner. I'm Ooh. hoping we see some more what-if stories featuring yeah, newer man. characters that Kevin's saying. That, that's seen what familiar. It, that's what, yeah. Let's go new. Okay, yeah, we've, we've seen MCU. Let's let's see some new stuff, right? We'll get, so. we'll, we'll get to it. We'll, hold on, just for a little bit longer. <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought this episode was a great time. I am leaning more towards the Hudson clan on this one. I think... Um, Overall, the culmination of these characters as the guardians of the multiverse. Like that in itself, as Kevin, as you put it, was such a beautiful encapsulation of what I think they they wanted to have this team end up being. And I thought the episode, you know, from a pacing perspective, I actually didn't mind it. I thought it wasted no time at all and got to the parts that we wanted to see. I do agree with you, though, Justin, from the standpoint of the 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 how easy it was to just say, I have this box that can suck up the Infinity Stones. Having the episode that would have explained where that came from or how that was created or what that was all about definitely would have helped that not to feel as cheap. And I agree with you from that standpoint, from some of those solutions where it was just like, oh, that came out of nowhere, but it didn't because it it was originally intended to be a bigger deal in the previous episode or, or previous, previous episode. I do think that the... Killmonger twist, as you we were saying, did definitely fall flat. I, I think it was intended to maybe be a little bit of a, a bigger moment. Maybe they, you know, Justin, to your point, with a little bit more time, they could have padded that out and had uh, uh, maybe a little bit more impact with that character maybe showing up once or twice besides the beginning and end of the episode. Um, but overall, as I said, they landed the character stories in a in a nice way. Like, I like that it's, you know, and, and a lot of these stories can get a little bit darker, I think. Maybe for Ultron and Eric's case, like, it didn't end in a nice way. Um, but I thought it was was pretty cool, and I, I, I'm excited to see where they go with uh, with these characters in the future. Um, I thought the episode was solid. I had a great time. I was smiling so much and laughing at moments of like just seeing two shields on screen at the same time. So overall, I'm going to give this episode the same as I gave last week's episode, a beautiful 
four out of five encapsulated Ultrons for the season. Obviously, I agree with a lot of what you guys mentioned. Um, yeah, losing Gamora was a shame, but uh, I think, you know, it would have... I, th- I think having COVID messing things up, I, I, I understand. Like, I, I get that aspect of it. Um, and so... I think they were just probably too far in production for them to make any sort of change. And with what they were able to salvage from it, um, I think it still worked. The The season was very much a season one, though, right? Like, in the sense that they were trying to see what the responses from fans would be. Um, you know, there were definitely stuff that, that worked. I think the series started off strong. But then, yeah, Zombies episode for me wasn't, I think, it didn't do it for me as much as it did for you guys. And then, of course, I think we all agreed on episode seven, Party Thor, as the weakest of episodes, um, even though I thought he was great in this in this finale. Um, so, yeah, most of the voices on the show, even though they weren't the real ones, I thought actually were pretty good. I thought they did a, a decent job. Um, but when they when they stood out, they, they almost really stood out. And <laughs> yeah. especially, right, as we were all calling out, when you when you set Ultron as your main villain and you don't yeah, pull you in don't Spader. don't get James Spader, there's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> But overall, I think this was a solid and mostly consistent first season. So um, I'm going to give What If Season 1 a big ol' four out of five watchers. Now, before we wrap up this final episode of Watch Club for What If Season 1, you know, Marvel Studios president, another wonderful, beautiful Kevin, uh, you know, he confirmed that there would... Not nearly as high. (laughs) Well, maybe... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's a he, maybe he's a variant of of our Kevin. You never know. Like they both wear a lot of baseball hats, from what I'm noticing. Um, but he confirmed back in December of 2019 uh, that there would be a second season of What If. So I need you all to look into your you know the infinite wisdom of the multiverse and tell me what do you see in a season two or what do you want? I mean, we kind of already touched upon it, but you know, I just I honestly hope that we sort of move on from the stories we've seen here. Obviously, there are small little threads that they can bring in. And with that post credit scene, there's obviously a question that needs to be answered with uh, several specific characters. But otherwise, um, I I, I think that the 30 minute episode and then this conclusion was enough of these characters stories that I'd rather see new stories with different yes. characters, different what ifs than what if part 2. I just that doesn't interest me as as much. And so as much as it did before this episode. Yeah, I was right like fu- we were yeah. talking about it up until we this point. We thought it was going to be a lot of season 2 was going to be resolving yeah. those stories and I think no, we've left these characters back where they are and they're off on their own adventures. Let's let's start some new ones. Yeah, I think like for a season 2 you know, I, I was never under the impression that, you know, we would see what would have happened with Peter Quill and, and Ego, right? Mm. Or we would have seen, you know, Pepper and, and Shuri tell their story. But the idea is that they created another chain of events that happens in that universe that is alternately different. We didn't need to go back to it. And that's why I thought, like, overstuffing this episode with, like, showing, what like, those certain cases... Sure, it creates a thread of all the different universes you've been through, but at the end of the day, it wasn't necessary. I think it should have just been they've were plucked and placed, and this was their task. Let's let's move on. But I think but I- with that, with that, I think if if they were to do a season two, I want them to keep with what they were doing at the beginning of this series, and that is really just, you know, again being inspired by what what fans love and have seen of the MCU and offering new stories and takes on that, and they don't need to be connected. I actually don't think that it worked for them to stay connected, to have some sort of connectivity at the end. I get the idea, idea that the Watcher is, you know, going to intervene and when there's some sort of level of threat, 
But again, I, I don't know if that's necessary at the idea of what I at least to take away from what if is just like reimagining the journeys and the stories that we've already seen in a new way and, and, and telling new stories. So, so yeah, I would just want to see more new and, and less of the idea of trying to keep it threaded. Cause I think that with the MCU having everything so connected and so tied up, maybe this animated platform of what if is just for them to be free and to just say like, why don't we just try to do like, why don't we do this iteration of the story of a character like this? Like, you know, just have fun with it. And that's what they, it seems like they did at the beginning. And I, they kind of really last three episodes tried to tie it all up to make, make it mean something more in a true MCU fashion. So yeah, keep it, keep it loosey goosey, have fun with it. Right. And, and tell your stories. As long as Lucy Goosey doesn't lead to more Party Thor episodes. I do think, though, that the but Party Thor now only serves a purpose because he was in this episode. That was his only purpose for that episode. So I totally agree. We don't need episodes like that for the purpose of setting a person up that is virtually meaningless. Right. right? So but I'm just saying, like, the idea of. You know, when we saw that episode, we were kind of like, well, that just really meant we all we needed to see was the ending. And that yeah. did connect to it. So if we aren't going to be getting connected stories in the future, you want to be cautious not to just have these episodes that are kind of pointless, that don't mean yeah, anything. Yeah, if, if it's just a pure anthology series with, with no connective thread, then it is kind of pointless. And it's just a quick. 30 minute story of the week, move on to the next. And, but I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm after literally... 30 or 40 of those, it's like, what's the point? But I'm literally jumping off even just the point of what we watched in that Star Wars visions. Right. right. Like these what ifs are very much that sort of vein of story, which is why, you know, it's not necessary for them to actually venture in doing that. But that being said, I think it's it's it, it doesn't need to be connected. I am going to have to I would argue for connectedness is because of the multiverse being such a present threat in the MCU going forward. That's where the bad guys are going to be coming from. And so it, having this Guardians team in place, even if it's going to be a different Guardians every season, is almost crucial because it's protecting our main universe from all these other things, basically. like It could be so much worse for the 616 universe if there wasn't the Watcher out there interfering and using these other heroes to, to stop it all. I mean, it, I, again, multiverse is the big thing going forward. So it, to connect them would show that the multiverse is a connected thing. There are, isn't much difference between one and the other. And speaking as a fan of the comics, when you look at some of the What If series they've released overall, they're all one-issue takes. So they're very much, like you're saying, unconnected stories that just happen to be a slight change in this universe. But then they've gone back and fleshed out those universes and had them cross over with the main universe. And that is such a more ever-present threat than are the original little one-off story. So, like, again, it's these seeds that are planted, they're planting for the potential next big bad or giving us a new hero or finding a way to replace someone in the MCU. It's the... it's it's not going to be directly connected, but it's definitely going to be impactful in the grand scheme of things. At least it's what I think. Well, I hope it's better than this episode. That's for sure. So, well, Justin, <laughs> um, you're the Ultron of this podcast. So uh, <laughs> let me just throw my two cents in here as, uh, as the, the watcher into the future. I, I think that is the idea though, uh, that I love that you kind of brought up Darcy is the idea of different teams, different guardians teams each season and maybe you know what we don't need five seasons of this give us two solid seasons or even three and how cool would it be you know we've seen Thanos as a big bad we've now seen Ultron as a big bad as we start to get to these more bigger and bigger galactic threats how sick would it be if we actually got 
and it might sound a little silly, but an endgame moment with multiple Guardians of the Multiverse. And you've got all the Watchers there. Maybe we introduce more Watchers in the second season, right? Like, I just, I can see them, if they do want to continue to tie it together, they tie it together through Uatu and Doctor Strange. And then maybe bring these yeah. additional characters yeah. in uh, at the same time. Exactly. And just sort of create this whole, almost you know, multiverse MCU outside of what we have. And that's that's great. And that's cool because that means that they can still have people get really excited about what's come before in this storyline and then start to branch off into maybe a little bit more of their own personalized, more customized thing. And, and, and yes, it is moving away a little bit from the what if, but I think what if needs two things. It needs what if something that we know familiar changed slightly to equal this crazy outcome. And as, as long as you have that and then you have the teams, the, the people coming together, I think that works really well from a Marvel standpoint. So mm-hmm. I am really excited to see what happens in season two. Well, thank you, Modoc. You called me Ultron. I call you Modoc. So (laughs) I'm really excited to see what happens in season two. But with that said, um, I think we should wrap up this Watch Club. That is it for the final episode of Watch Club for Marvel's What If season one. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Watch Club. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And you might ponder the question, what if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club? Well, I'll throw that over to our resident timekeeper, Justin. Well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. But if you'd like to reach us on Twitter, you can reach us at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. And if for some reason you're caught in a multiverse where Instagram doesn't exist for a day... Uh, you can feel free to reach out to us. Count yourself blessed. <laughs> right. <laughs> directly through that email again. Keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now, including our spoiler-free and spoiler-filled review for Star Wars Visions, where we just gush all over that that series. We freaking enjoyed it so much. Uh, so and good. we also have dropped our spoiler-free quickfire reviews for both Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales and Muppets Haunted Mansion. And uh, with Muppets Haunted Mansion coming out It'll today. Be, it would be today when they're listening to it. There we go. I mean, Justin, you you you've you watched all. You you know the the outcome of when our listeners are listening. So go give those episodes a listen and a five star review if you don't mind. Justin Darcy Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for this watch club. And even though we do not, cannot, and will not interfere, we are the Watchers. The Watchers.